0: everybody and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackbird Show. We are back and we are live at some point and we're back doing yet another show. Oh my god, this is just exciting. And in the world of Logan, just as a personal level of Logan, Tuesday was a pretty nice day. Can't really complain all too much. It started off with the official, the officially official announcement and the picture of Cristiano Ronaldo in a Manchester United jersey. And I'm going to try not to talk about this as much because it dominated the last two early portions of each of the last two shows. But before we get into that, reminder, go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram. Go like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel while you're at it, if you're listening to this point in the show. Might as well make sure you're going and following the Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So I hope you're doing that as well. But back to Ronaldo. This thing... Oh my, 12 years, 12 years, and we, we knew this was happening Friday, okay, so we did the show, we recorded it on Thursday, posted it on Friday, and at that point, things have changed a lot. Over the span of a few hours, it went from, he is locked on to going to Man City, to, oh, Man City are now out of it, and Manchester United are now back in getting Cristiano Ronaldo. It's, in, it's crazy how fast transfers can move, and the transfer deadline day was today, for the World of Soccer. Transfer deadline day so no more teams can make transfers. It's like the trade deadline in sports in America. This is the last day they can make transfers. And this has to go down as the craziest summer transfer window of all time. You know, I'm not being like sarcastic. I'm not trying to make this bigger than what it is. When's the last time the two best players of their generation, Messi and Ronaldo, leave their club in the same exact summer? When is the last time that's happened? I cannot think of a time. Messi and Ronaldo have been the main, the best players of our lifetime, of the 21st century. It's been Messi and Ronaldo. And they both left Barcelona, which seemed like it was never going to happen. If you told me five years ago Messi was going to leave Barcelona, I would have told you, no, it's not happening. The only club that he was ever talked about leaving Barcelona for was Noel's old boys back in his home country of Argentina, which is the club he grew up playing with this a youth team he came through before he went over to Barcelona. Ronaldo, you knew he was gonna move eventually. You didn't think the Juventus thing would end as abruptly as it did, but in the grand scheme of things of how Ronaldo has been as a player, the Juventus thing can kind, geez, kind of be seen as now, the levels there's levels to this thing. We're not comparing to Ronaldo to some random player. With the levels of we know of Cristiano Ronaldo, that move to Juventus did not meet the expectations of what were laid out for him. The expectation of when he went to Juventus was not to win another Serie A. They won eight or nine of those things in the past ten years. Like, the goal wasn't to win another Serie A. That was already given. That was We would just keep doing this, pretty much. The expectation was he goes there and wins the Champions League, which in the Champions League for Juventus was not a great spell for him. One of his worst runs in the Champions League at any club he's really been at Since he's been on the world stage, I guess you could say. But Messi, Ronaldo leaving Juventus and Barcelona. Messi going to PSG. Thank the Lord it wasn't a Man city. And Ronaldo going back home to Manchester United. And I've seen these posts, and it kind of gives you some perspective over the whole thing. When he was at Real Madrid, Ronaldo, and even at Juventus, you've seen signs of who needs Ronaldo. Now, Real Madrid fans are very fickle fans anyways. It's more of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type thing. And with Ronaldo, if he's not scoring 40 or 50 goals a season, it's like, oh, he's a disappointment now. Oh, he's not that good anymore. But compared to other players, they wish they could do that. And they're going, oh, we don't need him. We're fine with letting him go to Juventus. Juventus, oh, we don't need Ronaldo. And this is fan side of it. It's not really the club being like, oh, we don't need Ronaldo. And then they might be saying that underneath things. They're obviously selling him, so there's obviously some part of them that goes, yeah, we got to cash in on Ronaldo here. Manchester United fans, and I've been a fan of United before, or not before Ronaldo, because that was really early. 2004, I don't think United were really on TV that much in the United States. Now, I had FIFA 2003, and Ruben Van Nistelrooy was my favorite player on those games, but you never watched Ronaldo at that time. But when I was growing up watching United with Cristiano Ronaldo until this point, to this point on August or September 1st. Congratulations. We made it to September of 2021. There has never been an inkling of a thought that oh, United could do so much better without Ronaldo ever since Ronaldo's left. It, they've been singing his names on the terraces, at Old Trafford and every single away venue they've ever been to, Ronaldo is ingrained in the ever fabric of Manchester United. now, He is with Real Madrid as well. But the fans don't view Ronaldo the same way at the Bernabeu as they do at Old Trafford. Those are the stadiums, Real Madrid, and Manchester United, if you were unaware. Like, United, there was a freaking cardboard cutout, Ronaldo, at the Wolves game this weekend. He wasn't even officially a Manchester United player yet. And I know they made the announcement. They said they've reached an agreement. That's the transfer fees. The thing that holds it over is the medical. Because if you look over the past couple years, like... One of the bigger ones was Nabil Fakir leaving Lyon to go to Liverpool. He was all set to go to Liverpool, and then he failed his medical. And then the move never materialized, and now he's playing over in Spain with Real Betis. Like, just because you announce the player, if he doesn't pass the medical, it's not happening. Now, (laughs) it's Cristiano Ronaldo, so you're fully expecting him to pass the medical, so that seems like a formality at that point. And most professional soccer players or professional footballers, you would expect to pass a medical. That shouldn't be something that a lot of players really deal with. These are the most athletic, most fit beings on the planet Earth, or some of them. So you don't really expect them to fail medical. But there's always that slim chance that does happen. Like, just because they work out all the time and keep their body in pristine condition doesn't mean there's not something wrong internally. There's always a chance of that. But Ronaldo passed his medical and became an official Manchester United player Today, on August 31st, 2021, on transfer deadline day, he became a Manchester United player. 12 years in the making. I was 11 years old. Eleven year, 12 years ago, I knocked out my front tooth for the first time. <laughs> I, that's where it all started. I think Cristiano Ronaldo, leading Manchester United, is the one thing that really kicked that thing off. But man, I know I said this on Monday, <clears throat> but 11-year-old Logan is very, very happy. 23-year-old Logan is very, very happy. But I'm happy for 11-year-old Logan that was upset with Ronaldo leaving for Real Madrid and felt weird about the whole situation on him leaving. And now he's back. And he penned a nice little love letter to Manchester United on Instagram. Now this thing is, it's weird because there's two sides to this cuz if Manchester United never came in he was on his way to Man City but since he Manchester United were like well we can't allow this to happen he's going to ch- if given the choice he's going to choose United but if United weren't there he was going to go to City that's a little bit of an issue here cuz like if you're really that tied in and I believe he is but as tied in as he claims to be there would never have been that option to join Manchester City bar but It was going to happen. It was nailed on to happen. They weren't getting Harry Kane. It was going to be Ronaldo. And until Manchester United stepped in at the final hour, he was going to City. But this brings up the romanticism in soccer and football of these players care about the clubs and the teams as much as the fans do, which is not something you get a lot. And a player with the stature of Ronaldo and the the being that is Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the most famous footballers of all time, not probably the most famous footballer of all time, we brought him up there with David Beckham the other day. I think those are the two most famous soccer or football players ever. I think everybody in the world who doesn't even watch soccer knows the names Cristiano Ronaldo and David Beckham. That goes hand. Like my grandma knows who David Beckham is, and <laughs> she has watched I think three games of soccer ever, excluding games that I actually played. I'm talking about professional level soccer games. But Ronaldo's back. <laughs> I it just can't. I need to keep saying it, because it still doesn't feel real that he's back. And here was his little letter he wrote to Manchester United. I don't know if I want to read the entire thing, because it's it's three paragraphs, and it ends. But I'll just talk about the end. I'm here. I'm back where I belong. Let's make it happen once again. P.S. Sir Alex, this one's for you. And for Cristiano Ronaldo, who's made it abundantly clear, his feelings towards Sir Alex Ferguson, the greatest manager to ever coach in the world of soccer... Manchester United legend, and their relationship is something that's been very cool to watch over the past years, even since he hasn't played for Manchester United. You've seen Sir Alex when Real Madrid won the Champions League, one of the numerous times it won the Champions League. You saw Sir Alex when Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal won Euro 2016. You see Cristiano Ronaldo and Sir Alex Ferguson always being together. So that was one of the hard bits of, you see their relationship, you see how he talks about Manchester United, and he was going to go to Manchester City. Now, that's all hypotheticals now, because he has signed the dotted line for Manchester United. He's posted a picture of him wearing one of my favorite jerseys of all time, the 2008 jersey, with the two white lines on the back, and every time I see that jersey, why it's my favorite, because they won the league, they won the Champions League against Chelsea, and I just picture Ronaldo. I picture Wayne Rooney. Those are my two favorite players growing up. And he posted that picture. And there's videos going around. There's someone that made a last dance documentary for Cristiano Ronaldo on YouTube. I haven't watched it yet because it's an hour long, but I watched the little trailer they post and it gives you freaking chills. I've watched numerous Cristiano Ronaldo highlight tapes (laughs) the past couple days. It's like, it actually happened. You're watching these going like, oh, this is what he did when he was at Manchester United. And I would tell my friends, because they didn't watch him at Manchester United, and go, this is what he was. At Manchester United, and I I say this as a fan more so that I think the best version of Cristiano Ronaldo was at Manchester United. I think he was more of a complete player at Manchester United versus at Real Madrid and Juventus, where he just became a insanely insanely threatening goal scorer, insanely threat. This an insane threat in front of goal. He wasn't playing on the wings anymore. He's playing more as a number nine and playing a lot more centrally, which got him the opportunity to score a lot of goals. He doesn't take free kicks the same anymore. He's not providing the same. He doesn't do all the stepovers anymore. But the step over thing could go into the fact that he's also 36 years old. Doesn't really need to feel the need to do that anymore. But that Ronaldo that was at Manchester United from 2004 to 2009, that, in my opinion, was the best Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, that's all, again, that's coming from a point of, a point of view of a fan that was a fan of the team and a fan of the player. Now, I still really like Cristiano Ronaldo. He's one of my favorite players on the planet. But I don't feel the same about his ranking in the world standings, I guess, back then. He's more prolific now. But as a complete player, there's nothing that he does that Lionel Messi can't do. I think I saw a stat since 2018 that they've each scored 21 free, or they've scored a combined 21 free kicks, and Messi scored 20 of them. I don't know if it's 2018, but it's been a long time. Ronaldo doesn't do these types of things anymore. And on one hand, sure, it can be awesome because your statistics are going through the freaking roof. You've seen his numbers spike tremendously since after the age of 30. Since before the age of 30, we're talking about just goal scoring. Same thing with Zlatan, same thing with Robert Lewandowski. You get this a lot. Well, not a lot. I don't want to say like this is a normal thing because it's definitely it's definitely not. Like Lewandowski and Zlatan are two amazing players. They were not anywhere near the level of Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's just get that thing clear. And Zlatan's one of my favorite players of all time. I got, I'm a Swedish, not from Sweden, but my family's from Sweden. Big Zlatan guys, but he's not, he's not near Zlatan, or near Cristiano. I think Zlatan's ego is greater than Cristiano's. I think Zlatan feels he's bigger than Ronaldo, but... He's, it's not really close, but yeah, that's just coming from a biased fans perspective and Manchester United, good Lord, just as a window in general, this has to go. We already talked about the summer transfer window being the most insane window of all time. Like today we saw Antoine Griezmann go back to Atletico Madrid and to replace him, Barcelona side, Luke de Jong from Sevilla, who hasn't really been anything since transferring from Ajax to <laughs> Sevilla. He flunked out at Newcastle, came back, came, or no, not Ajax, PSV, came from PSV, (laughs) scored a crap ton of goals, and then his best goal-scoring season at Sevilla in the league, we're talking about just the league, he scored four goals. He scored a combined 10 goals in two seasons at Sevilla. His last season at PSV, he scored 28 league goals. That's more than his total number of goals at Sevilla, let alone his league tally, and now he's at Barcelona. Barcelona are a freaking mess, and I hope this isn't true, but I'm looking at the roster right now, or at least his page, and they had him wearing the number 10. You cannot tell me you're going from Lionel Messi, the greatest player of all time, to Luke de Jong wearing the number 10. That's asinine. <laughs> That's Ronaldo leaving Real Madrid was crazy, and then giving the number seven shirt to Mariano was ridiculous. And now Eden Hazard's doing no favors to the jersey. Killian Mbappe, that's a fair replacement for Cristiano Ronaldo wearing the number seven. He looked up to him. He wears number seven now. He's one of the best players on the planet. Going to Real Madrid seems inevitable. It didn't go through this transfer window, unsurprisingly, but he will be a Real Madrid player at some point. <laughs> like Eduardo Camavinga from Ren. He just made the transfer to Real Madrid for 31 million euros or something like that. 31 million pounds? 31 million dollars? I don't know. There's a lot of different signs for a currency I see with these transfer rumors that I have no idea what's going on. But yeah, Luke de Jong is now playing with Martin Braithwaite at Barcelona. Think about how insane that sounds. Barcelona are going to have a front line, hypothetically, of Martin Braithwaite, Memphis Depay and Luke De Jong. I love Memphis Depay, but is he anywhere near the level of Messi, Suarez, and Neymar? No. Memphis Depay, I think, would have worked out a lot better at Manchester United if it came now. I think he's a completely different player than what he was when he first walked up to Manchester United from PSV. Ment- Maturity-wise, player-wise, I think he's a totally different player, but he is he's a Barcelona-level player. I'm not saying Memphis Depay is a garbage player. He is worthy enough to play for Barcelona. Where he is standing right now, now if he was leaving Manchester United and going straight to Barcelona and skipping Leon altogether, that wouldn't happen. Then he's not a Barcelona player. The Memphis Depay from Leon to Barcelona, that's a Barcelona player. Braithwaite and Luke de Jong are not Barcelona players. They're not even Barcelona youth team players. What is, why are these two allowed to play? Like I just saw something today that Sergio Busquets uh, Gerard PK, and then um, someone else—I wasn't—I can't remember who it was—took pay cuts to afford the uh, the registration fees for Sergio Aguero. Like that's a Barcelona player. Five years ago, they just released Luis Suarez to Atletico Madrid because he was too old, and you just signed a player who's the same age as Luis Suarez, and you just got rid of him because he was too old. Now you're bringing in players that are the same age <laughs> a year later. Oh, man, Barcelona are a freaking mess. Real Madrid's no better. Like, I don't. Billions of dollars in debt, both of them. And they both still try to buy players. Barcelona can't even afford the registration fees for the players they didn't even buy. They didn't. Memphis Depay, Eric Garcia, and Sergio Aguero were all free transfers. They can't even afford the registration fees. Yet, they're still trying to buy players. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> ridiculous. They just sold Emerson Royale to Tottenham. They just signed him back from Real Batiste like a week ago. He played three games for Barcelona, and now he's gone. To... <laughs> and they just said like last week or however long ago that he had a $300 million buyout clause or something ridiculous like that. And they just sold him for like thirty million today. <laughs> Barcelona are a freaking mess. The fact that Luke de Jong and Martin Braithwaite are allowed to play for Barcelona. Yes, I'm saying allowed to. I cannot believe that's a sentence I've ever... I never thought I'd say that. That those two players would ever play for Barcelona. Ever. <laughs> Braithwaite's a lot more surprising to De Jong because at least De Jong had a prolific period in his career in his last season at PSV. He was their captain. Like, there was a time where it was like, okay, yeah, he can make a move, probably. Newcastle won? No. PSV one, Yeah. Sevilla won? No. <laughs> that's... He got worse, and now got moved move to Barcelona. Now, Real Madrid haven't made any like ridiculous signings like that. I mean, David Alaba, frees a great bit of business right there. Very experienced player. Can play both center back, left back, left mid, center mid. Wherever you want to play him, he'll do it and be a very good player at that spot. Eduardo Kemavinga, very good youth option there. Don't know how you could afford him because he was 30 million pounds or dollars or euros or whatever. Don't know how you were able to buy him, but you got him. Bale's back. I I don't know. (laughs) I didn't think we'd have a situation where the two managers of Barcelona and Real Madrid both coached Everton. Now, Ancelotti, I'm not going to take anything away from Ancelotti. He's one of the greatest managers of all time. But he just left Everton, and now he's back at Real Madrid. How? Kuman got fired from Everton <laughs> and is now at Barcelona. I get the club tie thing with Kuman. I mean, he's one of the greatest center backs of his era playing for Barcelona, one of the best attacking center backs of his era. But is he really the guy you want running Barcelona football club or football club Barcelona? I don't know that's uh, ridiculous like Antoine Griezmann leaves you replace him with Luke De Jong Atletico Madrid are gonna walk to the La Liga title this year like, it's not even gonna be close like I Real Madrid still got great players Barcelona still got some great players but Atletico just won the league last year I don't think they did, I don't think Atletico got worse they got better <laughs> I don't I don't they're winning the league again like, it's it's crazy. And there were other moves that I'm not even remembering right now, but there were some ridiculous moves going on this transfer window. Josh Sargent going to Norwich. Ridic- Matthew Hoppe just went to Mallorca. So, like, we got all these crazy American moves. We got some USA World Cup qualifiers on Thursday, I believe against El Salvador. So that'll be very fun. Hopefully the U.S. actually makes the World Cup this time. I didn't think I'd ever have to say that. And, uh, we're in the situation where the United States missing the World Cup is a real possibility. But this team shits on the team in 20- <laughs> 20 one that qualified for 2018. A team that still employed played willingly, Michael Bradley, and started Brad Kuzan. That team no longer exists. Brad Kuzan was the third choice goalie of the past Gold Cup. <laughs> Matt Turner had one cap before the tournament was the number one goalie. Those days are long gone. Praise Jesus for that. But yeah, transfer windows are ridiculous. And Manchester United getting Jadon Sancho, Rafael Varane, and Ronaldo. All of them for less than 75 mil. For the level of player they are, that is ridiculous. Like Jadon Sancho for 73. Jack Grealish just went for 100 plus. 73 to 100. That is a monstrous difference right there. You're telling me Jack Grealish is that much better than Jaden Sancho? I think Jack Grealish is an amazing player, but 30 to 40 odd million more better than him? 30 to 40 odd more? <laughs> Jeez. 30 to 40 odd million dollars better than Jaden Sancho is what I'm trying to say? Raphael Varane, 34 million. Ben White just transferred to Arsenal for about 60 or 50, however much it was. Either way, more than a Champions League and World Cup winning center back at Real Madrid, Ben White has played for Leeds and Brighton and has just completed this insane transfer to Arsenal. And then Cristiano Ronaldo, I know he's 36 years old, but 13 million for Cristiano Ronaldo is utterly ridiculous. Like I don't know exactly how many goals he scored last year we're going to look that up right now cuz he's still it's not like he's he's not at the insane rate that he once was where you're scoring 50 goals a season but he's still scoring a crap ton of goals. He just led Syria in goal scoring again with 29. He had 36 goals in all competitions last year. <laughs> That's utterly ridiculous. Again, he's not scoring 50 to 60 goals again, but this is a consistent at least 20 goal a season striker forward whatever you want to call it for 13 million I don't care if he's 36 years old this isn't a normal 36 year old we talked about this on Monday with the likes of Ronaldo Brady uh Messi LeBron like these types of players age does not matter <laughs> you look at them go wow I would take them on my team now there's some like you know idiots out there that would go oh I wouldn't I wouldn't take Tom Brady on my team I don't care how old he is. I don't care how many Super Bowls you want. I wouldn't take him on my team. Just like what the Bucs did with one year of Tom Brady. They went from 7 and 9 to winning the freaking Super Bowl. Now obviously there were a lot of other things that took place in Tampa, but Tom Brady being the quarterback of that offense was a big reason and he changed the mindset in Tampa. Brought a lot of players in. People want to play with Tom Brady. They want a chance to win a Super Bowl. And this his mindset is really what changed that team and Ronaldo's mindset is going to change Manchester United. This is one of Manchester United's greatest ever players. Like, not just of the modern era ever. Greatest ever players. And now he's back, and Manchester United, who are already in talks of the Premier League title this year, not saying they were favorites. I had them finishing third in my predictions. There's a real shot they win the Premier League. There's a real shot that they win number 21 this year. You get a guy like Ronaldo back, and you got players like Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba, Jaden Sancho, Rafael Brand, Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, Marcus Rashford when he's back and healthy, you have on form Mason Greenwood, David De Gea, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. They should be within shot. They have to win at least one trophy this year. I don't care if it's the Premier League. They have to win at least a trophy. They can't leave this season without a piece of silverware. That is... That is inexcusable if they can't come away with the trophy this year, unless some insane amount of injuries happen. Like we are, Rashford's already out, but if everybody else, if Pogba, Bruno, God forbid, Ronaldo gets hurt, then I can understand not winning a trophy. But if everybody's healthy and fully firing and fully fit, there's no reason they should not win the league or at least challenge. I mean, within striking distance. And they finished second last year. They're still 12 points behind City. That's four games plus goal difference, which they were were behind. So they would have to win four games more than City (laughs) and then tie at least once because their goal difference was not making up the difference. Now, if they played those four games after Man City played their full season, then fine, yeah, they they could do it easily. Oh, man. Exciting times transfer deadline day is always a very exciting day and if you don't follow Fabrizio Romano on social media I would recommend you do that now again the transfer window is shut so there's not really a lot he's going to be talking about right now because he's like the transfer expert but if you're a guy or a girl or just a fan that wants to know what's going on with club transfers follow Fabrizio Romano like it's it should be a no doubter he's the goat when it comes to transfer he's like the woge of soccer but better but people just don't know him because he's not in a big american market he's over in europe spanish dude dude's an absolute beast when it comes to training you talk about woge bombs if you see a here we go at the end of a fabricio romano instagram post or tweet it's happening there's no ifs ands or buts about it it's happening that deal is done so when you see that you're like oh yeah it happened imagine just sold daniel james for 30 They bought Ronaldo for thirteen. That's crazy. And I like Dan James a lot. I hope he has a lot of success at Leeds, relatively, because I don't really, I don't care for Leeds that that much. Even though my club team when I was growing up was called Leeds United, and I was on Leeds United was the other team. They were the the lower team, I guess. But yeah, ah, absolutely crazy stuff. And speaking of like big money moves and stuff like that, I would like to give a, a quick quick congratulations to the greatest high school quarterback scouted ever. This is in my personal opinion, because I've never actually watched the dude play. But according to every single scouting network ever, Quinn Ewers, the greatest high school quarterback of all time, he early, so we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago, I think it was. He early enrolled at Ohio State, skipped a senior year of high school, open enrolled at Ohio State early. And he signs an deal. With elite athlete autograph giant, GTSM. So, <clears throat> I would like to make sure I get this number right. Let's take us a quick sip of water. 1.4 million. This dude is maybe 18. I don't know when his birthday is. He could still be 17 years old. He just signed a 1.4 million dollar deal. <laughs> oh my God. Like I remember this guy that made a big deal with Bryce Young was getting upwards of a million dollars. We didn't have an an actual figure there. We had a quote from Nick Saban that said he's making around or about to sign deals that are making him up around a million. That's not saying he's at a million. We have numbers here. And not only is Quinn Ewers allegedly at a million dollars, he's almost at a million and a half dollars. He's on the cusp of being just 500000 away to $2 million at 17, 18 years old. Oh my freaking lord. Now, now I don't I'm not the one to sit here and bash on people's hair, okay? I don't have the greatest head of hair myself. I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm the best-looking person of all time. I'm like top 5 probably, but I'm not the best. I'll, I'll be humble a little bit here. I'll humble myself. But maybe with that 1.4 mil you can cut the Joba haircut and I don't know. Maybe it's just standing. But maybe it stands out. I don't know his natural hair. If that's his natural hair color, I mean, fair play. I mean, Rocky Lombardi, former Michigan State quarterback now over at Northern Illinois, his hair's n- weirdly blonde like that. Like Eminem colored blonde, but real. Like the real slim shady, but real, real hair. Eminem's hair ain't like that. Eminem's, Eminem's hair is brown. And uh, the beard. <laughs> I don't like looking at Eminem like that. I don't like serious Eminem. I love Eminem, but serious Eminem is weird. Not, nah, not weird. That's not the right word to describe him. Just, I just don't enjoy it as much as how you. That's, that's a personal take. I'm not saying Eminem has to change his features because I don't like it. I'm not even saying I don't like it. It's just not what I'm used to. And I'm not saying it's bad or right or wrong or whatever. You can like it if you want to. Preachy Eminem with beard is... I'm not a huge fan. But that's, that's beside the point. But Quinn Ewers, the hair... Maybe it's a thing that's like, I know a lot of people should know him from the hair. Like, I don't know who Quinn Ewers is, but I know this quarterback from high school who's at Ohio State has this mop on his hair, a mop on his head. You even call it a mop, it's just like a freaking towel. It's not it's not like multiple pieces, it's just a big like, boof, it's just there. But hey, it flows out the back of the helmet, and one of my things that I always wish I had more of was a flow. And Quinn Ewers has a flow I wish my hair when I was playing football didn't flow in my face as much because I hated like flipping you know you can't see it but I'm flipping my head back because you had to keep your hair out of your eyes if you didn't your hair was just getting mad to your forehead and you have to like peel it off one by one and hope hair didn't fall out as you're ripping it from your skull but my hair I wish I had did that Wish I had a nice little flow there. But congratulations to Quinn Ewers on signing a massive ass deal. 1.4 mil at 18, 17, 18 years old. That is crazy. Man, I wish I was like that. <laughs> it's getting depressing now for a person who is not even halfway to... Well, I am Okay, I was going to sound stupid there. I'll explain why I was going to sound stupid because of the fact I almost said that I'm not even halfway to 30. I understand that halfway to thirty is twenty oh, good lord you know what i don't care <laughs> halfway to thirty is fifteen i'm twenty three but I wanted to say i'm not twenty five i'm not i'm closer to i don't know i'm closer to what what am i i don't know this is a bad segment right here <laughs> it's a overall this segment in general is just depressing. Not only can I not remember how to do simple math, I mean, it's 10.36 right now. I apologize. I just watched Hard Knocks. I had ice cream. I had some Chinese food. I'm a little tired. I apologize. So if I can't remember simple math, it's not my fault. Okay? But watching kids at 17 make 1.4 mil is kind of depressing for me. Because he has no idea who the hell I am, but I know exactly who the hell he is. And I know exactly how much the hell he's making right now. At least the deal. I don't know that's not how much he's getting made straightforward. I don't really know a lot of people out there that are, I mean, it's more of a future investment thing that are going to be, and I guess I've never really met a top one quarterback ever in high school football. So I guess I shouldn't be speaking about this, but I don't know there's a lot of people out there that are wanting high school quarterbacks autographs. Now that's just, I don't know. It's more kids. I don't know. We're moving on. <laughs> but if we're talking about kids, like look at all these look at all these freaking segues we got here. Beautiful segues. The kids are having fun. Okay? The kids are having fun. And by the kids are having fun, I mean the AFC East is all 25 years or younger. Yes, the big news in the NFL roster, rosters were cut down to 53. So not only did we have the transfer deadline day, rosters had to be cut to 53. Which is a damn shame. Now, Reed Sinnott, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, better make the Dolphins practice squad because if we're talking about stats, Reed Sinnott had the greatest preseason football game against Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati in 2021 ever. So he better make his ass on the Dolphins practice squad. It should be a, It's a damn shame he didn't beat out Tua and Jacoby Brissett for that number one job. I mean, there was drama around the starting quarterback position in Miami. Brian Flores came out today and said Tua was their starting quarterback. I think that was only because people were talking about Reed's performance against the Miami or against the Cincinnati Bengals, and going well. We got to discuss this. Brian Flores goes, "No, guys, we got to say who our quarterback is." We had this heated quarterback competition. I think the only time that I can remember a third string quarterback coming into the season that won the starting job was Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo, because when Tyrod Taylor came to Buffalo, he was third string behind Matt Castle and EJ Manuel, I believe. I think those were the two quarterbacks there. Kyle Orton just dipped. EJ was still definitely there. Matt Castle was there. And I think Tyrod was, yeah, Tyrod came from Baltimore and was the third string there. That's the last time I kind of remember that happening. But I don't know. I hope Reed makes the roster. That'd be really cool to see. But the AFC East, speaking of that, Cam Newton getting cut today, sent shockwaves around the NFL. And now, kind of surprising, I mean, we toyed with the idea of this before, of Mac Jones starting for the Patriots. Now, we said Mac Jones would start. This season. Didn't know when Cam Newton was inevitably gonna get hurt or his play was gonna dip so much that they had to play Mac. Because Mac played very well for the New England Patriots in the preseason. Cam Newton played well for the Patriots as well. I didn't think he'd go into the season as a starter, but hey, you can't deny what Mac Jones was doing. He fits the Patriots offense more. Cam, yeah, wasn't doing a lot to lose the job, which is what the main reason why I said Cam wouldn't lose the job ultimately at least at the start of the season. But looking back to last year, which is something that completely spaced my mind, kind of, Cam sucked last year. Now, there was a lot of things that went wrong with the New England Patriots. The receivers were all out. They had a few offensive linemen out. They either opted out, got injured, or whatever. They had a lot of issues last year on the offensive side, but Cam still sucked. Okay, that's... You know, one of the worst seasons I've ever watched. And I don't think Cam is healthy. I literally said this... When was the Mac Jones game against the Eagles a few weeks ago? That Cam should retire after this season. He's not healthy. This is one thing we've been saying for a while now, that Cam Newton is not healthy. Cam Newton either needs to retire straight up or take a year off at least because his body is failing him. His throwing motion is whack. I don't know what's going on with his throwing motion. Okay, And going into the season... With Mac Jones as the starter, looking at it, it's weird because I shouldn't be saying this, knowing what I know about Cam Newton. I'm more, I'm not scared, but I respect Mac Jones. This is, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this without sounding like really weird or really negative towards one person. I think, so the main reason I'm talking about this, Booker McFarland came out today and said the Patriots just put the Bills on notice. They did not. The Bills are going into the season. If they don't sweep the division, I'll be very shocked. The Bills are a much better team than every single team in the AFC East. The Patriots putting in Mac Jones. I think I'm more nervous about Mac Jones. I guess because if you're looking at what Cam Newton did last year, there's not a lot that really strikes fear into the hearts of opponents anymore. I don't know where Cam Newton goes, but I think he should retire. Not anything based off I don't like Cam or anything. He's not healthy. At all. I know the competitive nature and the competitive side of him is not going to do that. And I understand that and I respect the hell out of it. But you got to look at your body and go, wow, look what Steve McNair's end of his career. Steve McNair was one of the best quarterbacks of the early 2000s with the Tennessee Titans. Got beat the hell up in Tennessee. And then went to Baltimore, and then basically quit after, not quit, retired after Baltimore. Because his body failed him. His body was failing him in Tennessee, went to Baltimore, tried it out, didn't work. Now, they were good, but it wasn't mostly because of Steve McNair. Cam is not healthy, and it didn't work out in New England. Mac Jones fits exactly what the Patriots want to do at quarterback. He's a Tom Brady, like, pretty much disciple a very accurate very smart great prepare like everything Mac Jones does I can totally understand why the Patriots went this route I am shocked I am surprised that they cut Cam straight up that was very surprising I'm not surprised Mac Jones will be the starter because he was playing very well the cutting things what the part that surprises me and now with Mac Jones as a starter every Josh Allen's now the oldest quarterback in this division which is crazy to think about. Josh Allen's 25 years old and is the oldest quarterback in the AFC East. The last time that every team in the same division started a QB 25 years or younger in the season opener was the 1973 AFC Central. You have Terry Bradshaw, Ken Anderson, Dan Pastorini, and Mike Phipps. If you don't know who the teams are, that is the Steelers, Bengals, Oilers, and the Browns. I believe Mike Phipps with the Browns, right? Yeah. I think Mike Phipps played for the Bengals too but I'm not 100 percent sure on that now I gotta look this up because I my cre- my credibility is on the line Mike Phipps I know the name he's I think he's played for both okay he was on the Browns but played for the Bears as well Mike Phipps I believe was a guy that what the hell who was he hmm they were really high on him he didn't it didn't he got hurt a lot and didn't really work out or didn't work out in the NFL pretty much I'll just say it like that, but yeah, Steelers, Bengals, Oilers, and the Browns. So yeah, NFC, AFC Central, <laughs> with the uh, it's, at least not it wasn't called the AFC North. You had the Oilers still in there. <laughs> like the the Colts were in the AFC East for a while before the Bills won the division last year. The Colts won the division more recently than the Bills did, and they haven't been in the AFC East in freaking years. Yet yeah, that was gonna happen, and then now with Tua. Mac Jones being starters in Miami and New England, the final quarterback from that famous Alabama picture of Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Tua, all of them are starting. The Eagles officially announced that Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback at the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't know why it took as long. I don't know if it was Nick Sirianni trying to just I'm the new head coach, we're going to do things my way, I want to do it like this, we're not going to rush any, but just because you had a spot last year doesn't mean you're going to get it next year, uh, earn your stripes type shit that Hugh Jackson did. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's better than Joe Flacco right now. Gardner Minshew is a harder test for Jalen Hurts than Joe Flacco, in my opinion. But Jalen Hurts is now the starter. So now you have three quarterbacks from the same team all starting in the NFL. That famous picture in the locker room, all of them are starting now. No former Alabama QB has started and won a playoff game since Richard Todd did with the New York Jets in the 1982 playoffs. Which of these three might have the best chance to do it? I think Tua makes the playoffs. I don't think he wins a game. I think Mac Jones has a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think he wins a game. Philly, Jalen Hurts, I don't think they make the playoffs. So, by default, they don't win a game. That's kind of the situation they're in. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying the Eagles are completely out of it. I would be pretty damn surprised if the Eagles won a playoff game this year. Pretty damn surprised. The Dolphins and Patriots are pretty much neck and neck in my eyes for the AFC East. Very similar styles. I mean, Brian Flores is a Bill Belichick disciple. So you're going to have some crossover and play styles there. But Tua is the starter in Miami, unsurprisingly. We hinted at the Deshaun Watson thing. Didn't really think it was going to happen. I mean, it popped up again, so we had to talk about it. We were kind of struggling on segments on Monday. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) We talked about Ronaldo a little bit longer than what I was originally expecting. But that's what happens when you have a kid that watched Ronaldo at Manchester United when he was 11, and then now he's finally back 12 years later. You get a little excited, especially on Friday, when you're all upset that he was going to join Man City. Because Thursday night, he was joining Man City. Friday morning, he was signing for Manchester United. So craziness of transfer windows. But yeah, I don't think Jalen's making the playoffs. Tua and Mac, you could flip a coin. I'd be fine with either one of them making the playoffs. Neither one of them wins a game. That game against the Patriots, though, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be freaking awesome. You got Tom Brady coming back to New England with the guy that everybody and myself compared to in regards to not not saying, God, clarify this, because some people take the literal definition of that. Like, oh, you're saying Mac Jones is as good as Tom Brady. no, You're comparing him to him. That means they got similar attributes. That's not saying Mac Jones is or will ever become Tom Brady. They have similar tendencies. They don't have the strongest arm in the world. They're not the most fleet-footed. They're smart in the pocket. They're very accurate. They're very good preparers. They've been doubted a lot throughout their career. They're very similar in those aspects. I'm not saying Mac Jones is, (laughs) or i got to repeat this, or will become Tom Brady. It was like the same thing when I, people were comparing Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. It was not saying Patrick Jordan Love is as good or will become Patrick Mahomes. He has the skill set to do that. Now, if he puts it all together at the next level, time will tell on that. But skill-wise, he has it in him. We'll, we'll see if he realizes it. I mean, it's kind of fun to make fun of Jordan Love because of the fact he's not going to play. This year, didn't play at all last year. Wasn't even the second-string quarterback last year. Didn't even dress for a game that I can recall last year. So it was fun to make fun of it. But he is uber-talented. And I'm excited to see when he gets an opportunity in Green Bay, how he takes it. Because he is talented. I'm not saying he's Mahomes, but he has the talent. And talent does not equal good. We've talked about that a 1,000 times on this show. Make that 1,001 times on the show. But we're talking about the college quarterbacks. we got Mac Jones. Tua, Jalen Hurts, not only are they all starters in the NFL, all three of them were Heisman Trophy finalists. All of them. At one point throughout their college career, they were all Heisman Trophy finalists. Matt Jones finished third last year. Jalen Hurts finished second the year before. I don't know where Tua finished, but I know he's been in a Heisman ceremony. But I don't remember where exactly he finished. I apologize for that. Didn't think I was going to bring that up. (laughs) but I did did think I was going to go over each year they were in the Heisman candidacy but I did I think no because when Joe Burrow wanted it, it was Jalen Fields and Chase Young last year it was Devontae Jones Lawrence Trask not in that order but and then the year before it was Kyler Murray Tua Who was the other guys there I don't remember I know Tua was in there who else was the other quarterbacks there there was I think there was three quarterbacks was it Justin Fields? No, I don't remember. I don't remember at all. It definitely wasn't Justin Fields because he was still at Georgia at the time. So I, I can't remember. I apologize, but I, <laughs> I can't. I didn't think I was going to go over each and every Heisman Trophy candidacy. But Reed Sinda was in there at one time as well. We've already talked about Reed's legacy, being the greatest quarterback of all time and having the greatest preseason of all time against the Cincinnati Bengals in twenty twenty one that's what we're talking about here i mean he had the most passing yards of any rookie or any quarterback this preseason so but all serious, i hope reed does well i hope reed does make a roster but yes i saw this on social media today it was Bleacher report so you can take or i mean i, I take or leave a lot of bleach report articles the articles themselves are not really great but they're talking points I'm not a huge fan of Bleacher Report. The only reason I still have the app Bleacher Report is so I can check scores. In high school, I guess, early high school, middle school, I checked Bleacher Report pretty often for transfer rumors because that was before I had social media. So I would use them to check Manchester United transfer rumors. Like when Nicholas Gaitan, <laughs> Nico Gaitan was linked to Manchester United like every other day. And then you had Shinji Kagawa coming in, Gareth Bale was linked with them all the time. But Wesley Schneider was linked every other day with Manchester United as well, like Nico Gaetan. Who else was really linked with Manchester United? There's a lot of players that are linked with Manchester United. But then Wesley Schneider and Nico Gaetan were the two that were I remember being linked the most. Gareth Bale, more recently, not necessarily like last year or two years ago, but like when I was in high school, that was what the rumor was like every other year or every year, pretty much. That was the last time I really checked Bleacher Report. Like, religiously, I keep it because it gives me updates on the scores, and I like how their scoring system works. I think it, I like using that more than the ESPN app, which I only use for scores as well. And the only time I really look at ESPN or Bleacher Report is when it involves <laughs> quarterbacks or draft stuff, because I'm trying to narrow down all my research. Since I don't have sources, I use the people that have sources <laughs> to help me out a little bit. But this was written by David Kenyon from Bleach Report, on August 31st odds today. Hey, look at that. And he had ranking the Heisman favorites heading into week one. So there are eight quarterbacks, or eight, I mean, there's eight quarterbacks. (laughs) I mean, you could try to say that there's going to be some other player win the Heisman. Other than Devontae Smith, it is an anomaly that a wide receiver wins a Heisman. I think there's three wide receivers that ever won a Heisman. Desmond Howard's the last one before Devontae Smith. That was in the 20th century. Running backs and quarterbacks only own the award, but there's really no running backs going into the season where you go, oh, that guy's special. Like I think a lot of people like Brees Hall. I think a lot of people like Isaiah Spiller. I really like Kyron Williams. Todd McShay obviously like Kyron Williams as well, but it's going to be a quarterback. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in college football this year. A lot of young quarterbacks that got a lot of exciting talent around them. But we'll just go through this list really quick. 8, Keaton Slovis, 7, Derek King, 6, JT Daniels, 5, Sam Howell, 4, Bryce Young, 6, or 6, 3, DJ Uagalele from Clemson, 2, CJ Stroud, and 1, Spencer Rattler. I mean, Spencer is going to be the odds-on favorite regardless. I think a lot of people would be kind of surprised that CJ Stroud comes in at number two on this list. Now, if you followed Ohio or listened to the show long enough, CJ Stroud's gonna have to try to fail this year like you got two of the best not two of the the two best wide receivers in the 2021 draft or 2022 draft class on your roster you got a, a good tight end and Jeremy Ruckert there as well Thayer Munford protecting your last black backside and then you got Master Teague at running back and there's another good running back there too I can't remember his name though and Ryan Day who's a very quarterback friendly coach like, he has got to try to not be good at Ohio State. C.J. Stroud is going to have an amazing year. I mean, it's just inevitable, isn't it? You ha- you can't be bad with how good this team is. Ohio State's going to be freaking good this year. And sure, C.J. Stroud is not Justin Fields, but he is a good, good, good quarterback. And Quinn Ewers is going to be piling the pressure next year when he's actually ready to play. Because if Quinn Ewers is as good as everybody says... And C.J. Stroud has a good year, then we might have a quarterback battle on our hands. Because it could be something similar to that of Kelly Bryant versus Trevor Lawrence. Where you have the highest rated quarterback in high school coming in. Sure, you went to a national championship, but you weren't really the reason the team went there. You were not really that good. You're alright, but you weren't good enough to beat. You can't beat out the, great, the best high school quarterback in the country. So if C.J. Stroud does not have a great year, I could realistically see there being a possibility of a quarterback battle going into next season. I'm I'm not going to say it's happening. I expect C.J. Stroud to go off, and I think number two might be maybe a little high, but I like C.J. Stroud, so I'm expecting good things from him this year. But if he doesn't, the chance he doesn't do good, or does average, there's going to be a quarterback battle. DJ, we already know a lot about him. We saw him against Notre Dame. We saw him in a couple other games last year. Notre Dame one being the main one. Monster, dude. Cannon arm. He's like 6'5", 240 pounds, or 250 pounds. His dad's freaking monster. His dad was like a bodyguard for Snoop Dogg or something like that. I could have the the artist down, but he was a bodyguard for somebody. And in two starts... Okay, two starts as a true freshman. We saw him in some other games last year, but in two starts, he told 808 yards and six touchdowns. Beat Boston College and nearly took down Notre Dame. A very injured clemson team with a freshman quarterback injured plus covid protocols and stuff like that we're coming in playing against a top-ranked notre dame team not like number one but a highly rated notre dame team that was pretty healthy and dj went in and played very very well so expectations on him are going to be very very high moving to number four bryce young you know how high i am already on bryce young Bryce Young is the most talented quarterback Nick Saban's ever worked with. Now, will he be as good as the other quarterbacks he's had? I don't know. But if we're just talking talent, he's number one. Will he become as good as Tua, Jalen, uh, Mac Jones, AJ McCarron, John Parker Wilson, Greg McElroy, even Blake Sims or Jacob Coker? Will he be those guys? I don't know. Not really Jacob Coker, but Blake Sims. <laughs> it's probably... He, he's going to be better than Jacob Coker, but... Blake Sims is really that next guy that's probably at the bottom of that tier list, sadly. it's a very hard tier list to be the top at. So it's not really a testament to how, if Blake Sims wasn't that good, it's more of a testament to how good Tua, AJ, Jalen, Mac Jones were at Alabama. This dude's got it. And he was the number one rated quarterback coming out of high school. He's been compared to Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson numerous times by me and other people out there. If he does what I expect of him, I think he could win the Heisman. I really do. I think the two quarterbacks that we know nothing really about, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, could really shoot for the Heisman this year. Bryce Young has the two best wide receivers next year's class. An experienced team around him. That bodes well for Heisman. Bryce Young is at Alabama. I know they lost a lot of really good players last year, but it's Alabama. They'll retool. They don't have Najee Harris. They don't have Devontae. They don't have Jalen. They don't have Alex Leatherwood or other players they have on the straws. Landon Dickerson's not there anymore. It's it's Alabama. It's not like I don't know Kansas when they went eleven and two or eleven and one or twelve and one, whatever they did in early in the mid two thousands. It went like seven and five the next year. Alabama's not doing, it, and then five and seven the next year. Like that, Alabama's not doing it where they are now. <laughs> Terrible, borderline FCS school for football. Alabama will replace their guys. Clemson lost some really good players last year. Travis Etienne, Trevor frickin' Lawrence. They replace guys easily. These big schools don't worry about losing players. It's like, oh, it's part of the process. But Iowa, if you lose a five-star player, which you don't, well, one hand, you don't really get a lot of five-star players. <laughs> so if you lose one, you're like, oh, crap, well, we're not replacing him. Alabama, you, you can get five stars back. But Bryce Young will go off, the, uh, hopefully, knock <laughs> on wood. I don't want to jinx anything so I really like Bryce Young. Number five, Sam Howell. He's the number two quarterback in this draft class. The only quarterback in the top five that's eligible for the draft next year, apart from Spencer Rattler, who we'll get to at the I mean, do I really need to talk about Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell that much? I think we've done that enough, kind of. (laughs) Not enough, because these two are really good quarterbacks and both really deserving of top five spots. I think Sam Howell, I think we're talking about numbers, Well, not think. He has the best numbers out of these quarterbacks, but one hand goes he's the only guy that started two years at college. Spencer Rattler is the second oldest. He started one year. DJ started two games, and Bryce Young and CJ Stroud haven't started any games, to my knowledge, about CJ Stroud. Sam Howell has, but Sam Howell will have to put up some insane numbers. And if Sam Howell does go off, there's no real reason why he shouldn't win the Heisman. We've talked about this a few times on the show. He lost Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Diami Brown, and Chaz Newsome. Those are four amazing weapons for offense. All of them got drafted this year. Two running backs and two wide receivers. That is an insane loss for North Carolina. But Sam Howell, if he goes off with completely new pieces around him. Now, not entirely new pieces. I mean, they're going to have players that were there last year, but not to the same level as the guys we just mentioned. 2,000-yard rushers and 2,000-yard receivers – you're losing those guys is huge. But Sam Howell is good enough to work around that. And if Sam Howell goes off, there's a real shot that he could win the Heisman. Number six, JT Daniels. I mean, you know, I'm not the hugest, the hugest, the biggest JT Daniels fan ever. I mean, I haven't really seen a lot from JT Daniels, really. I mean, he started four games at Georgia last year. His first year at UCL, USC was not great next year he got hurt but he was a reigning he was the former Gatorade player of the year in high school so he's supposed to be this really good quarterback I just don't know anything about him I know less about JT Daniels or like JT Daniels less than the quarterbacks we mentioned which is why he's ranked sixth on this list Georgia is supposed to go off this year expectations are Georgia goes to a national championship or not I mean some people out there I mean Alabama still exists lsu will be better i mean it's hard to be worse than what they were last year <laughs> but expectations are georgia competes for a national championship i shouldn't say goes to one they should be competing for one and if there's some scenario where them and alabama face each other in the sec championship game i could see a scenario where they both make the college Bowl playoff they're that good both teams georgia's defense is freaking insane which is what you expect from georgia at these points like, it's just what you get Georgia has always got a good defense offensively stutter at times their offense has been very hit and miss over the years so that's why i'm mostly concerned about jt daniels i know we're talking about he's this great quarterback he could go off this year i'm completely open to that i'm not saying he's a bad quarterback whatsoever i list him in my top 10 quarterbacks for next year's draft i just don't think i rate him as highly as other people that's why I was really excited to see Todd... And I shouldn't say excited. That's the wrong word. Because I don't want to hate on players that often. <laughs> I don't want to hate on a, a kid that's younger than me. I'm not, I wasn't excited that he wasn't in Todd McShay's top 50 players. But I wasn't upset that he wasn't, if that makes sense. I don't rate him that as highly. But he could go off. He could completely go off. George Pickens is coming off an injury, so having him back will be huge. Zemir White at running backs, a very good option for them. has always got some good pieces on the offensive line. But we'll see. JT Daniels is not that mobile. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's very smart, is what the thing is on him. But he's injury-prone and not very fast, so that kind of concerns me a little bit about his Heisman candidacy. Because I feel like we had the same talks about Jake Fromm. And then he got drafted fifth overall, or fifth round, and he just got cut by the Bills today. So I don't, I don't know. Derrick King at seven. I think Derek King should be ranked higher than JT Daniels. I think Derrick King, My this is one of the issues with Miami. I think they are so heavily reliant on J- Derrick King. It could be a detriment to them. You saw games last year where he was the only reason they were doing anything on offense. And that hurt a few times last year. And they're playing Alabama week one, I believe. They're going, they're, did you know they're underdogs against Alabama? Isn't that just ridiculous that they are underdogs against Alabama? (laughs) Big underdogs as well. 19 and a half point underdogs. 19 and a half. And on some pages you go, wow, that is a massive ass spread right there. But you look at the two, okay, two of the three top 25 teams they played this year in the regular season, discounting the Cheez-It Bowl which they lost to Oklahoma State. To North Carolina and Clemson, they got shit stomped. And in both games, Derrick King led them in passing and running. That is, they are very reliant on him. Now, they beat Louisville, but Louisville wasn't great last year. To my recollection, now I could be remembering them completely different. But they finished 4-7 and seven last year. So them being 18th at the time when they played Miami does not matter to me. So I go, you go, oh, they played four top 25 teams. Well, really, if you look at the end of the year, they played three. Because Louisville sucked. And, yeah, Miami got shit on by Clemson and shit on by North Carolina. Like, destroyed. North Carolina bent them over. Clemson bent them over. So Alabama being favored by 19 and a half, I don't think is that big. (laughs) And I love Derek King. I bet on Miami a lot on Cole's show last year when I was doing 15, 1650 The Fan. Because I like them. I like Derek King. But they're a little too reliant on him and that could hurt them as a team. But I think he should be ranked higher than JT Daniels. And then number eight, Keaton Slovis. I like Keen Slovis a lot. Really like Keen Slovis. Extremely accurate quarterback. If he goes off, dude's beast. Dude's an absolute beast. If he can get back to what we know of Keaton Slovis and instead of the guy we got last year, which I'm not going to hold a ton of uh what do you call it negativity towards that because the the Pac-12 in general was relatively bad last year like the team that went to the Fiesta Bowl last year in Oregon wasn't even going to the Pac-12 championship game the two teams that were going to compete in the Pac-12 championship game were Washington and USC and Washington opted out Oregon came in and beat USC so Oregon realistically I mean they earned their spot there because they won the Pac-12 but They didn't earn their spot because they didn't win the conference to begin with. They didn't win the north side of the Pac-12. So that made things a little bit interesting. Slovis has Drake London with him at wide receiver. Clay Helton is a very mixed bag in regards to how people view him as a head coach. But he's got a good quarterback. He's got good pieces around him. I think Keaton Slovis could definitely be up here in regards to the best quarterbacks in college football in 2020. Or, jeez. We're in 2021. <laughs> Just hit me now, I guess. And then Spencer Rattler. I mean, number one, unsurprising. I didn't really touch on him that much because I think it's pretty much self-explanatory that he's the favorite to win the Heisman. I mean, Lincoln Riley has had three, two Heisman Trophy winners and one Heisman finalist. Like, in Lincoln Riley's years at Oklahoma, other than last year, I think every year he's been there, he's had a Heisman finalist. And... Like I've said with Bryce Young, now, this is a big statement because we're talking about talent. I think Kyler Murray is the most talented quarterback he's had, but Spencer Rattler ain't that far behind, if at, if behind at all. He just needs to put it all together and be a little more consistent because we saw early in the stages of the season last year where he was a mess, got benched against Texas, was off against Iowa State. He had a bu- a few, inc- not a lot, I almost said a bunch of completions. He had a few incompletions against Kansas State and most of them were interceptions. So he just needs to cut down on that. But talent-wise, he's the best quarterback in college football. We're just talking about pure talent-wise. Hopefully, for his sake, he puts it all together. Now, let us I'm going to look through college football and see if they forgot anybody like Desmond Ritter. I think someone that could be mentioned up there. Carson Strong, I think someone that could be mentioned up there. Jaden Daniels. So basically just all the quarterbacks that I've mentioned before. I think Emory Jones is a very dark horse candidate but I think he should be mentioned up there. I would have said Dar- Dorian Thompson-Robinson before last week's game against Hawaii where he didn't play very well. So unless he just absolutely tears apart the Pac-12, which at UCLA, they're not going to do, but they could. They could. I guess I shouldn't say they're not going to do it. They, It's very unlikely. <laughs> Let's say that. But Emory Jones, I think, has a real, real shot. To be mentioned up there, I think Taylor Gabriel at UCF could be talked about. I mean, Grayson McCall for going small schools. Malik Willis. From a small school there as well, but the problem with is with Coastal Carolina and Liberty, they're not playing anybody. They could pro- they could both go undefeated, and it, they may make the Heisman ceremony, but they ain't winning it. I'm Malik Willis. If we're talking about complete play style, I think he's got the big the most tools to work with at any quarterback in college football. You might be able to argue like Desmond Ritter or DJ because of how big they are. But no one's as athletic as Malik Willis from the quarterback position in college football. I mean, Derrick King's up there, but I would put Malik Willis above that. The problem with Derrick King in this is that Miami's going to get the brakes beaten off him a couple times. (laughs) That's that's the issue. If Miami beats Alabama week one, I'll be shocked. Miami is going to get their shit rocked at least twice this year. (laughs) Clemson and Alabama. North Carolina, I don't know, but they're getting killed in two games. So that will hurt his Heisman candidacy as well. Is there any other quarterbacks? I mean, Mackenzie Milton? I don't know. Florida State kind of sucks ass, don't they? (laughs) Looking at the Big 12, any quarterbacks in here? I mean, Spencer Sanders, I guess. Brock Purdy is someone that we can mention here. A lot of people are very high on Iowa State going into the season. So Brock Purdy should be talked about, at least in the conversation. I'm not saying he should be talked about as winning it. He should be talked about as one of the possible finalists for the college, for the Heisman Trophy. Big Ten, nobody. (laughs) Apart from C.J. Stroud, nobody. The preseason quarterback rankings, I ranked Michael Penix number one just because of the fact he's played. C.J. Stroud has not played. He's played sparingly, but nothing to where, oh yeah, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. But we're talking about potential and what could happen this year. He's easily the best quarterback in the Big Ten. But if we had to choose one other person, it would definitely be michael Penix from indiana that's really the only way i mean joke wise we could say adrian martinez because remember he's a dark horse heisman candidate this year that's one of the reasons people don't really rate bleacher board because of how much they drove that down people's throats that adrian martinez was going to be a dark horse heisman candidate i mean dark horse candidate can mean anything (laughs) like you could be you could be at my level i'm a dark horse heisman candidate am i winning it probably not There's there's more of a chance I don't win it than I do, but (laughs) I'm a dark horse. Graham Mertz from Wisconsin, I guess you can mention up there. Well, I don't know who Notre Dame's quarterback is. I think it was going to be Jack Cohn, but I don't know if Jack Cohn won the job. I think there was a quarterback battle going on in Notre Dame. I got to look this up. Okay. Yeah, okay, Jack Cohn is the starting quarterback for Notre Dame. I just want to make sure. He ain't winning the Heisman Trophy, but we have to talk about it because we're looking at other quarterbacks in college football. I'm just trying to name names here. Uh, Louisiana, you got Levi Lewis there. I mean, similar thing to that of Grayson McCall and Malink Willis, small quarterback, small school quarterback, but an absolute baller from the quarterback position. Looking at the SEC, any other quarterbacks in here? Oh, (laughs) I don't know why I didn't think of this guy earlier. Zeb Nolan. I mean, obviously, (laughs) the Heisman candidate, Zeb Nolan, transfer from North Dakota State was a grad assistant their quarterback gets hurt and that was Zeb Nolan's starting week one I joked about this during the spring of the gulf between Trey Lance and Zeb Nolan in regards to talent how the hell did he swindle his way to South Carolina I mean the SEC not necessarily South Carolina (laughs) I think anybody can play quarterback there but he didn't look good with the best team in FCS what's he gonna look like with South Carolina I don't know. I'd put your bets down for Dark Horse Heisman candidate <laughs> for Zeb Nolan. Uh anybody else? Oh, the Texas quarterback. I forgot about him. Card. Hudson Card. He's been talked about a lot. I mean, not necessarily as a Heisman, but people really like him. beat out Casey Thompson, I think's his name from Texas. So maybe look out for Carson or Hudson Card at Texas. Dude seems very talented. Dude I'm I'm open to him being up there. We're just going to talk about – I completely forgot about him. I was thinking of other freshman quarterbacks. I was looking at A&M because they got a freshman quarterback coming in. Talk about Emory Jones, Auburn. you got Bo Nix still there, LSU. Brennan's hurt, Miles Brennan. So I don't know who their starting quarterback is going into the season. Then we move on. Oh, and then we got um, Milton, Joe Milton from Michigan. He's the starting quarterback at Tennessee. That was just announced the other day as well. Just naming quarterbacks at this point now. <laughs> I uh, would talk about Doreen Thompson Robinson. I'm gonna talk about the Keen Slovis. Obviously, you got Anthony Brown up at Oregon. I don't know if he's starting or not. They have another freshman coming in. Cade McNamara is the starting quarterback for Michigan. I believe that's what I read this the other day. Like he's yeah. So you got Alan Bowman there, and Cade McNamara is the starting quarterback for him now, which is crazy. I did not think that was gonna happen. I think the other quarterback. At Oregon was Ty Thompson. I think that's the other, the freshman quarterback they got there, but he might be talked about as a starting quarterback. Then we've got Jaden Daniels, like we mentioned, Chase Garbers from Cal, very dual threat style quarterback. Didn't have a great year last year, but again, that was a lot of the SC, the Pac-12 last year. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer at Boise State, someone that could be talked about. Again, I'm not saying these guys should win the Heisman or even be in the like, just good quarterbacks, pretty much. Like, we're just naming quarterbacks at this point. Carson Strong at Nevada, another good quarterback that we've talked about a shit ton on this show. Anybody in the MAC that I'm completely forgetting about? Oh, Brocky Lombardi, obviously, for Northern Illinois. I think that might be it. Is there any other any guys I'm missing here? Navy's got a—or, not Navy. Memphis has always got a guy that will pass for a shit ton of yards this year, but I don't know what, who their quarterback is. Anybody else? Kenny Pickett? That Pitt? Malik Cunningham at Louisville? I think that might be it. Those are all the good quarterbacks. Oh, Phil Yurkovic. Phil Yurkovic. 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 However you want to pronounce his name. Boston College. He's someone you could talk about, too. I guess some Big Ten quarterbacks we can talk about since we did, we kind of just bashed him off a little bit. Uh, Tua's brother at Maryland. Cade McNamara at Michigan. You got... Tanner Morgan at Michigan, Minnesota. Hunter, Ta- Hunter Johnson, I think, is the starting quarterback for Northwestern this year. Five, former five-star from Clemson. Didn't look good in the time he has played for Northwestern. Hopefully, he's different this year. Graham Mertz, Drake Pl- Jack Plummer, Sean Clifford. Anybody else I'm really missing here? Illinois, Brandon Peters or Arthur Sitkowski. We talked about Sitkowski. Big, big Illinois guys here on the Logan Blackman Show. Spencer Petrus, And then... I don't know who Rutgers quarterback is. <laughs> I'm just looking at, the, I went on ESPN and clicked teams, so I'm just scrolling down to the teams. I'm not clicking on anything. I'm just trying to look, and I'm going off memory. I don't know who the hell Rutgers quarterback is. I don't know who Michigan State's one is either because it's not Rocky anymore. He's at Northern Illinois like we talked about. Anybody else I'm missing here? Oh, uh, Luke McCaffrey at Rice. I don't know if he's starting, but I know he's there. Bubba Purdy, is he at Florida State? I think that's where Bubba Purdy's at. But yeah. I don't think that list is that bad. I mean, it's kind of a pretty easy list to make. You just listed a bunch of young quarterbacks playing for big-time schools. That's pretty much how the Heisman works now. Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and then who is number four again? Alabama. Oh, wow. The college football playoff is the top four Heisman team. Heisman quarterbacks. That's how this shit works. There could be an outsider that comes in there, and the outsider, I think, really could be Sam Howell. But yeah, we. T- I liked Derek King on here, but man, they're gonna get their shit rocked twice this year. What other teams do they play this year? Well, I guess they don't play Clemson, but they'll get this shit rocked by North Carolina, so that'll be fine. <laughs> so they'll get their shit rocked at least once, guaranteed. Nineteen and a half—that's pretty. If you watched them last year against Clemson and North Carolina, you'd yeah, that's not a that's not that bad of a spread. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. I was gonna do a quarterback tier list again. Just do a preseason quarterback tier list for an NFL because now we know every single team starter in the NFL. Like every single we've got all the starters. Like we'll go through the, just list the quarterbacks. So you got Buffalo Josh Allen, Miami's Tua, New England's now Mac Jones' team, Zach Wilson in New York, uh the NFC North AFC North. Baltimore's got Lamar, Joe Burrow and Cincy, Baker Mayfield and Cleveland, Pittsburgh's got Ben Roethlisberger, AFC South, Tyrod Taylor, I guess I haven't seen anything announced, but I would assume Tyrod Taylor's a starter, Indianapolis, Carson Wentz, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, Denver, Teddy Bridgewater, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Vegas, Derek Carr, Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert moving down to the NFC, Cowboys got Dak, Daniel Jones for the Giants, Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, Fitzpatrick, for the Washington Football Team, NFC North: Andy Dalton, Jared Goff for the Lions, Rodgers for the Packers, and Kirk Cousins for the Vikings. NFC South: Josh Rosen. I'm kidding. Matt Ryan for the Atlanta Falcons, Sam Darnold for the Panthers, Jameis for the New Orleans Saints, and Tom Brady for the Bucks. And then NFC West: Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. I almost said Goff. Stafford for the Rams. So far, Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starter. I know they did that dual quarterback thing the last preseason game, but he's still the starter. And then Russell Wilson in Seattle. So, yeah, I was going to do that tier list, but we didn't get to it. I had other things to talk about. I I knew exactly when it happened. When I went to college earlier than what I was expecting, I had that in my mind. I was like, ooh, I was going to do the tier list. But I'm kind of glad I didn't. Made the show a little bit shorter. And I think it was more fun doing it just talking instead of me going, uh, I would rank, uh. I mean, I did that kind of anyways. Because I was like, uh, what other quarterbacks are there that I'm not thinking of right now? I'm trying to prove how smart I am by naming these quarterbacks off the top of my head, which, boom, I'm smart. I'm a, I also was super humble, though, so I can say I'm really smart because I said I was only a top five best-looking person in the world. So I, I'm really humble as well. Humble and smart. So, yeah, that would be the two words I would use to describe myself. So, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show today. If you didn't, I apologize. It's nothing I could really do about it. <laughs> I, I just hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, go and follow me on all forms of social media. Twitter, Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram Blackman Logan and the Logan Blackman Show one. Facebook, just search Logan Blackman Show. she will pop up. Give it a like. Facebook page, the Logan Blackman Show. Give it a subscribe button. Click the subscribe button. We got a couple videos coming for you fairly soon. Jeez, get, <coughs> get the NFL preview filmed and edited. Get that done before the NFL season starts next Thursday. Then you've got the Apple Podcast and Spotify account. Make sure you go subscribe to both of those. Since you're on one of them listen and subscribe to the other one give it a rating if you liked it if not don't leave a rating I don't want to see any negative scores on there we got an ego to keep up here so yeah hope you enjoyed it and I will see you all later peace